Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode, episode 27 of Bible Prophecy Radio. This is Albert Hardy. I would like for you to have a link on your phone to JesusIsWhy.com. And also, I Tell Why will get you there. But today I want to talk about one of my eight books called What in Heaven is God Up To? Are you going to heaven when you die? Is that what the Bible says? Hmm. Well, you can download a free copy of it there, itellwhy.com, and you will see the chapters. They're like this. It's not about going to heaven, chapter 1 or part 1. God's will, calling, and purpose for your life. Part 3, God's kingdom is what it's all about. Part 4, can we learn rulership from Jesus? Part 5, what can we learn from the ancient kings? Part 6, how Jesus will restore the world. Part 7, train to reign Acquiring God's Attributes, Part 8, The Renewed Masterpiece, Planet Earth. Number 9, or Part 9, Reign in Peace. Part 10, this is the last one, Picture Perfect Earth, Now On to the Universe. Are we going to heaven when we die? Will the switch be switched between the track that goes to hell where people fry for all eternity not really or be switched to the one that leads us to heaven where we go to blissfully um, enjoy our eternal retirement in a cloud someplace or in, in a white mansion with now, whatever. No, there's not a word about that in the scriptures. Why not? If that were real, wouldn't Jesus have said so? Let's go first to, first, well, let me go just to the concordance for a second. I want to show you some stuff in there. Now, if you go to Strong's Concordance, you will find about 500 and 17 or 18 verses containing the word heaven. So you would think that at least one of them in there would say that we are going to heaven when we die. But in reality, no, 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 no. It's not like that, and it's not found anywhere in the pages of your Bible. To give you a glimpse into those 500 and some scriptures. Let me just read a couple of them in just a short little piece of the line just to give you an idea what's really there. Genesis 7:11, Windows of heaven opened. Leviticus 26:19, Your heaven as iron. Deuteronomy 10:14. Heaven of heaven is the Lord's. 
First Kings eight twenty seven, heaven and the heaven of heavens, is the Lord's. Or well, let's just go there a second. First Kings eight twenty seven. First Kings eight, and verse twenty seven says this. But will God indeed dwell on earth? Behold, the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built. This is when Solomon had finished building the temple of God in Jerusalem. And he's praying a prayer in front of God and the whole group of people, millions of people were gathered that day. He gave them all food and gifts um, of raisin cakes and bread and so forth, and also meat. He must have killed over a thousand cows or cattle that day and cooked them and fed them to the people. What a giant undertaking to dedicate the temple. Amazing. But there's a reference in 1 Kings 8.27 to Isaiah 66.1. Before I go there, let me just read that again. Will God indeed dwell on earth? Behold, the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain you. So how much less this building that I have built. In Isaiah 66, 1, we read this. 66, 1. Thus says the Lord, the heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. So where is the house that you build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things has my hand made, and all those things have been, says the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite heart, and trembles at my word. That is, he reacts to it. He moves, he is moved by the word of God. Are you one of those people? I hope you are. That's what a, a contrite spirit is. And one who is poor in this way doesn't mean financially. It means the poor in spirit, as Jesus said. So, now let's go to Isaiah sixty-five seventeen, just over... Um, a little bit. He says this, For behold, I will create, or I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in, what's, in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a, rejoice, a rejoicing, and her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem, and joy in my people. And the voice of weeping shall no more be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. There shall be no more there an infant who dies early, 
nor an old man that has not fulfilled his days, for the child shall die a hundred years old, but the sinner, being a hundred, shall be cursed. In other words, there is eternal life for the righteous. Even if they get to be a hundred years old, they will be raised from the dead to eternal life. And they will build houses and inhabit them, and they will plant vineyards and enjoy eating the fruit thereof. They shall not build and somebody else inhabit. They shall not plant and somebody else eat it. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bring forth for trouble, for they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord, and their offspring right along with them. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear them. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock or the ox. And dust shall be the serpent's food, and they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. And that's what leads to the very next verse, which we read earlier. Thus says the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto me, and where is the place of my rest? Well, that would be the heaven of heavens. But God is coming here to live. It's not like we're going out there at this point. No. First, he's coming here. He's coming here to rule and reign. Let's go to Revelation 21 and verse 1 for a second. Revelation 21 Verse 1 says this. Verse 2. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying look the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Wow. And he that sat upon the throne said, Look, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true, and faithful. And he said unto me, They are come to pass. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. 
and I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcomes shall inherit all things. According to the Moffat translation, that term all things means the universe. Exactly. And I will be as God, and he will be my son. Unquote. That's the end of verse 7, chapter 21 of Revelation. Wow. That's the real purpose of life. All men press into that, the kingdom of God. Now, let's go to Matthew 5 and verse 18 for a second here. Matthew 5, 18 says this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, let's back up to 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. He came to fulfill the law and make it more useful, more binding, let's say. For verily I say unto you, it is easier for heaven and earth to pass than one jot or one title or tittle of the law um, to fail. Actually, in the King James, it says this, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. But listen to the way Dr. Luke puts it in Luke 16, verse 17. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke 16 and verse 17. Well, let's go to 16 to, to really make the thought complete. The law and the prophets were until John, that is, John the Baptist, since that time, the kingdom of heaven is preached, and every man presses into it. What? Heaven? No, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Well, we just saw that God's coming here to rule and reign on the earth, according to Revelation 21. Verse 17 of... Um, Luke 16 says this, And it is easier for heaven and earth to pass than one tittle of the law to fail. A tittle is the crossing of a T on one character. Wow. It is easier for heaven and earth to pass than one tittle of the law to fail. So let's couple that with Isaiah, excuse me, Isaiah 45, 17. Isaiah 45:17 says this, and you will find this fascinating um, right here, this, this one verse. But Israel shall be saved in the Lord with an everlasting salvation. You shall not be ashamed nor confounded, world without end. Here he's predicting eternal life way back in Isaiah's day. Wow. Verse 18, For thus says the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it also, 
um, he established it, and that would be it all. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord God. There is none else. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that God's intention is to build the kingdom that has no end and fill the universe with life? Yep, that's exactly what I'm saying. You want another scripture for that? Let's go to Isaiah 51 and verse 16, my favorite scripture. It says this, And I have put my words in your mouth, and I have covered you in the shadow of my hand, why? That I might plant the heavens, lay the foundations of the earth, and say unto Zion, You are my people. Now, to me, this is what this all is saying to us. When you plant something, you sow a seed. And that starts a plant growing, and it can become a tree. And the birds of the air lodge in the branches thereof, according to Jesus. And then uh, he lays the foundations of the earth. Actually, that word of in Hebrew can also be translated in. That I may plant the heavens, lay the foundations of the heavens in the earth. Exactly. In the kingdom of God, we will learn what it's like to be God and do the things he wants done. That's the purpose of our lives, to serve and obey him and to serve other people. What's more joyous and fun than that? Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's exactly the truth. But let's couple that scripture set, Isaiah 45, 17, and 18, with Ephesians 3 and verse 20 and 21. Uh, let's see. These are in the writings of Paul. Ephesians 3 and starting in 20. Uh, it says this. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Wow, I can, I can imagine a lot. According to the power that works in us, unto him be glory in the church by and through Christ Jesus throughout all generations, world without end. So it's in the Bible twice. World without end. The world isn't going to be blown up. You can find YouTube videos that's, that condemn the world and the whole universe, and it's going to go away. It's going to be blown to bits. No, 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 no. The Bible doesn't say that. It says the world will never end world without end. What do you think that means? It means what it says. It's pretty hard to, under, to misunderstand that. But we are of Christ. Look at verse 
um, 13. For this reason I desire, um, I don't lose heart, it, it means, at my tribulations for you, which is your or for your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the heaven, the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant unto you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, can you actually comprehend the breadth and length and depth and height of the universe? Not until we actually travel out there. But imagine yourself as a spirit being, a spirit being that cannot die and that will live on continuously from the day you're actually born of God in your final state. You're not in your final state yet. I don't care if you're saved or not, quote-unquote. You're not completed until Jesus is here on earth, ruling in his kingdom. And you are put on, you put on immortality. God is the only one who, at this time, has immortality. Now, wait a minute. Hold it, hold it, hold it. You mean to tell me there's no such thing as an immortal soul? Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. We don't have a soul. We are souls. You are, I am, souls. I'm a soul. If a soul gets lost, he dies. And then he waits the resurrection. That is the truth. Now, that might be new to you, to learn that we don't really have um, an immortal soul. Uh, but let me just take you to a passage that proves it. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16. This is what it says. 1 Timothy chapter 6, and verse 16. Well, let's go up to uh, 14 to start that you keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his time he shall show who is the blessed, the only potentate, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords, who only has immortality, dwelling in light which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. And that's the end of the passage.
But the point is that God alone, Jesus Christ, being God's son, um, is king of kings, lord of lords, the only potentate, and blessed forever, who only has immortality. We don't have it yet, and we never will unless God gives it to us, but that's his promise, that we would be with him forever and ever. Now, where's that promise at in the words of Jesus? Well, it's to be found lots of places, but one of my favorites is my favorite chapter, and that's John 17. It's actually Jesus' prayer. These are his words. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may also glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you gave me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me with your own self, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. And I have revealed your name unto the men which you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever you have given me are from you. For I have given unto them the words which you gave to me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from you. And they have believed that you did send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which you have given me, for they are yours." And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now, O Father, I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your own name those that you have given me, that they may be one as we are. Dropping down to verse 13, he says, and now I come to you, and these things I speak while in the world, that they may have my joy filled or fulfilled in themselves. So now I want to take you to Hebrews 2 in closing. Um, let's see, Hebrews 2 and verse 10, 2.10. Hebrews. There's 3 to 10. This, in one verse, shows the whole purpose of life. Well, let's go to uh, 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower for a while, for the suffering of death, crowned now with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man, for it became him for whom are all things, 
and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Unquote. By whom are all things? He created the whole universe. Where's that? Colossians 1 and verse 16. Ephesians, I think it's before Ephesians. Galatians, no, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Okay, um, one sixteen says this. For by him, that is, by Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven. All those stars and planets and suns, those are all his. And that are in earth, visible and invisible. You ever look into a microscope? There's life there. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. Well, my time is up, and I need to go. Thank you for tuning in. Go to I Tell Why, W-H-Y, itellwhy.com, and you can download any one of my books and print them. You can download them all. They're there for your use. There's not a thing I'm selling on that whole website. So please go there, and also jesusiswhy.com. They take you to the same place. But there are videos and audios and my books to read and lots of good things for you there. So until next time, this is Albert Hardy. God willing, I'll see you again. And God willing, I'll see you on the rock. If you want to write to me, you can and ask me what that means, see you on the rock. Write to me at jesusiswhy at gmail.com. Until next time, may God bless and keep you.